Thank you for joining in for this City Lights Church podcast. We're a new church in the north of Brisbane, and you can find out more about us at www.citylights.community. We hope that this podcast encourages you in your journey of following Jesus. Well, as you already introduced me, so you kind of know who I am, but um, as Pastor Andrew said, my name is Jesse Winchester, um, and it's a privilege to be here. I just want to say that, first of all. It's um, anytime you get the chance to hang out with great friends. We've known each other, as Pastor Andrew said, for a long time. We played soccer together, and he was like, we were kids, and he was already like six foot, and I was like this tall and there's photos of us and we're close to the same age but he was like triple my height and not much has changed so he's still much taller than me and um we've known each other for a long time love uh their family and just what you guys are a part of here in this great church and um when you sit under good leadership and and good pastors with a you know humility of spirit great leadership don't take that for granted just to, to, just to let you know, make sure that you honour them, love them, and I'm sure you do, and you're a part of something significant here. Uh, don't despise a day of small things. Uh, God um, has an incredible way of working with starting something out, and you think, how on earth are we even going to do what we believe God's going to do? And He just loves that, because that shows that you are a person of faith that you're someone that's like, I want to get in there, be involved with church and make it happen and sow a seed into the city of Brisbane. So um, yeah, we love your pastors, love your church, even though I've been watching from afar and following and stealing your ideas. So um, I've been in ministry for around 20 years. As Pastor Andrew said, been I've, my wife and I have kind of done a bit of everything. Youth ministry, my wife has done kids, work, she's like great worship uh, leader and worship pastor. And then we got the privilege of planting uh, two campuses, uh, one, one in Melbourne, uh, which was with a team of people. And then one, probably similar to how you guys have started this church, when you are just with the kids and you're like, where is everyone? And you're looking around and it's just husband and my wife and I and our kids. And it's amazing what God can do in our midst. So we did that in Bangkok, Thailand, a city of 14 million people. Um, 95% of people there are Buddhist, 4% are Muslim, and less than probably about half a percent maybe are Christians. Um, So it's a place that needs great churches. And uh, we had the privilege of um, doing that for seven years and handed that on to our assistant and put on our local team there. And it's, you know what the best thing about it is, it's better now than it was when we were leading it. So I'm just like, yes, thank you, Jesus, for what you did uh, in in our midst. And now, as Pastor Andrew said, we're a part of Alpha Crucis University College. So we're on the journey to be the first Christian university in the country, which I've got kids and I think, man, that's fantastic because they can go through high school you know, in a great school, and then they can go to a great university in our own nation as well. That's a Christian university. So I don't know how I got the job. Maybe it's because my father-in-law is the president. I'm definitely not smart enough to be there. 
the first few weeks in meetings, I'm just like, it's another language. I don't know what these people are talking about, but um, trying to be a, a blessing there and to raise great leaders to change neighborhoods and nations, uh, which is cool. I just want to show you a quick photo. Miranda, can you put that up? That's my family. Uh, that's my beautiful wife, Amanda, my son, Jackson, who's almost taller than his mum, and he's just turned, he's 12 now, and my daughter, Ruby Grace, she's just turned 10. So as you can see, they look like they're in the snow because we just moved from Thailand and straight to Sydney and it's a winter's day there near the water um, in Sydney and everyone else is probably in t-shirts and but we're like freezing everywhere we go and uh, so that's my beautiful uh, family right there and uh, we've been married for 20 years uh, coming up in January and um, got two kids as you can see there so um, my kids, um, when my son was born, I thought, we, my wife and I thought parenting was quite easy. Um, and we're like, what is everyone talking about? Like, this is a breeze. We should write a book on how to parent. That's how good we are at this. And then our daughter arrived and then we put the idea on the shelf and we thought, okay, now we get it. So my daughter came out screaming. And um, she hasn't stopped and she's 10 years old. So um, she came home from school when she was about four, year, about four or five in kinder in Thailand. And she comes home after school one day and she says, Dad, um, I have a boyfriend. Four years old. You don't get prepared for this stuff. Like as a dad, you just don't, no one tells you about these things. And I said, you can have a boyfriend when you're 35. And I said it like that, like I wasn't joking. And Ruby in her own special way, the way Ruby can do it, looked at me and like kind of gave me daggers, you know, across the room and said at the top of her lungs, but dad, I love him. <laughs> so it just like once in the week, could you just pray for our family, for my parenting? It's not perfect. It's a long way. From being perfect. So that's just a glimpse into the Winchester home, just so you know. Um, hey, I'm ready to bring the word. If you have a Bible or if you have a phone, um, you can take notes if you like. If you don't want to, that's okay as well. The title of my message is Choose 12 Stones. If you have a Bible, open it to Joshua chapter 4. If you don't have a Bible, it'll be on the big TV screens up there. Joshua chapter 4, verse 1 to 7 says, When the whole nation... Uh, had finished crossing the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, choose 12 men from among the people, one from each tribe, and tell them to take up 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan, from right where the priests are standing, and carry them over with you, and put them down at the place where you stay tonight. So Joshua called together the 12 men he had appointed from the Israelites, one from each tribe, and said to them, go over before the ark of the Lord your God in the middle of the Jordan. Each of you is to take up a stone on his shoulder according to the number of tribes of, Israel, of the Israelites to serve as a sign among you. In the future, when your children ask you, what do these stones mean? Tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. And when it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. These stones are to be a memorial to the people of Israel forever. One game I like playing is the game of golf. I don't get to play golf very often, um, but this game is a game that almost anyone can play, 
but your abilities may dictate how much you enjoy the game. Like whether you're on the fairway and you enjoy it or you're throwing your clubs and you're just frustrated with life. There's one thing I've learned about golf, it's this. If your stroke isn't right, don't go out and play golf. If your technique is wrong and your stroke is wrong, don't play until you've kind of figured that out. You see, if your stroke is off in golf and you continue to play, what happens is it hinders how well you can play golf in the future. You start with a bad technique and and you form an incorrect technique and then you keep playing the wrong way and creating a bad habit in your golf game. However, when your stroke is right, you hit the ball correctly, something happens and it's called muscle memory. So you kind of get into this rhythm and you know how to hit the ball and you know how to do it the same way each time, which means you're consistent. You're more consistent in your, you're kind of like, what is this? Is this guy a golf coach? What is he talking about today? Isn't this church? And then what happens is the real difference in the game of golf is when you take memories from a previous game and bring them into your present game, then you can play golf well because you're consistent. I think it's a little bit like life. Whatever we choose to take with us will determine the effect it has on us later. The memories that we carry, the testimonies that we carry will affect us in the future. See, Joshua and the nation of Israel here are in the middle of a miracle. If you don't know this story, that's cool. You can read it later. But they're in the middle of a miracle. Hundreds and hundreds of years, they've been waiting for this very moment. And they're about to cross over. You See, you and I, we get annoyed when we have to wait like 30 seconds for our fast food at the drive. They're waiting for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years for this very moment. And they're in the middle of an incredible miracle. They've been preparing. I'm sure they'd been praying. They'd been thinking about it. And they're crossing the Jordan on dry ground as God stops the flow of the water. They cross from the wilderness into the land they dreamed about. And just in that moment, God does something. He gets the remote control and he hits pause. Stop. Everyone, stop. And I can imagine them just thinking, we're right here. We just want to get across. And in that moment, God pauses, hits the pause button and gets them to stop and remember what he's done. Anyone else every now and then, like me, need to stop and remember what God's done with another task. I've got to get this done for the kids. I've got this email to respond. I've got so many things going on. I'm so distracted. Every now and then, I need God to step into my life and just go, Jesse, just chill out for a second. You need to remember what I've done. That's what happened in this moment. And as the people reach the other side of the Jordan, just before they reach, God speaks to Joshua. He says, choose 12 Men, one from each tribe, get them to bring a big rock. Carry a big rock, a big stone from the middle of the Jordan. These 12 men, when God spoke to Joshua and then Joshua spoke to them about 12 men being chosen, they could have carried a bad memory from their past because the last time that 12 men were chosen, there was a bit of a negative memory around that moment. Because that meant they had wandered around for 40 years 
and, and they didn't get to where they were meant to go. So these men could have been thinking, hold on a second, that's a bad memory. Our whole nation remembers that moment and it wasn't a good memory to carry with us. They could have been thinking that, I'm not sure. And their trip back then represented great defeat. But this task was to take a stone from the middle of the Jordan and carry it to the promised land, carry it into their future. This is significant. God says, in the middle of that moment, in the middle of that miracle, take something with you into your future. Don't just rush through it and go, yes, look what God did in my life. Stop for a moment and take something with you from the moment that you're in. How many of you have prayed for something and right now you're actually walking in the middle of a miracle and you don't even realize it? You prayed for years for a job and guess what? Some of you got a job and right now you're like, oh, my boss is, oh, goodness, my make me come in at 8.30. And you're walking right in the middle of a miracle that you were praying for. You were praying for a home and guess what? you got a place to live. you got this home. And after a while, it can become so normal that you might have forgotten to stop and say, actually, this was God. And I've moved on so quick. Sometimes God needs to hit the pause button in your life, my life, and say, remember, remember what I've done. Carry something with you from this moment into your future. See, through Scripture, rocks and stones represent memories. They represent significant time. They speak to us of memories. Whenever God spoke to someone in the Old Testament, they would construct a monument. They would intentionally get some rocks. We don't really do. I don't advise next Sunday you rock up here. Excuse the pun. Uh, Pastor Andrew and Beck, and you're like, yeah, you know, Pastor Jesse spoke last week. I just brought six boulders in here. I don't recommend setting that up here. But in the Old Testament, when God spoke, they would build a monument. They would intentionally set up stones. In this day and age, what that represents for us is memories, testimonies stories of the goodness of God, that we would build around our life, around our churches, a place where God is lifted up through our stories, through our testimonies, through the goodness of God. See, Noah left the ark. You can read it for yourself in the Bible. And the second he steps on dry ground, it says this. It says he built an altar. If it was me, I wouldn't have done that. I would have been looking for coffee. God, where's a coffee shop around here? I'll get to that later where I need a triple shot like Pastor Andrew. That's what I would have done on an ark with stinky animals for that long. No, I would have needed coffee. But the moment he steps on dry ground, it says this. It says he built an altar. He built an altar. He said, I'm going to remember the goodness of God. I won't let this moment go past without worshipping God. What is he saying? I've got to remember this moment in my life. See, God appeared to Abraham showing him the promised land. When he got there, he built an altar. People of God left Egypt and victorious and Moses builds an altar. Jacob sleeps on a rock, has a dream from God, wakes up and builds an altar. Saying, I will remember this moment in my life. See, people who walk with God, who have lasting change, don't just live a yo-yo Christian life. Up one week, next week, up, down, up, down. But those 
that live a consistent Christian life, decade in, decade out, year in, year out, are people who turn moments with God into worship, into monuments for God. See, my family loves a good holiday. Who loves holidays here? Anyone? Who needs a good holiday right now? Few people. Few people like, should I put my? I'm not sure. <laughs> um, who loves holidays in the bush or mountains or rivers or give me a wave? Yep. Who loves a beach holiday? There's my people right there. Beach holidays. Uh, we love beach holidays. When my kids were little, what they would do is on a holiday, um, I would say you can bring something like a rock or a shell or something. And unfortunately, I didn't give them enough boundaries. So they would rock up with these muddy rocks and like tons of stuff trying to put it in the car. I'm like, whoa, 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 we're not taking all of that home. Go clean it off, take, choose one thing, and then you can bring that as a memory back home of our trip. But I got smarter later in life. I'm a bit slow off the start, but later in life, I'm like, no, no, no. What I'm going to do is every place we go, instead of getting grubby rocks and shells, we're going to get a magnet. We can choose a magnet from every place we go to represent uh, that place and, and those memories that we had. So one of the places we went, you probably can't see this, is Jarvis Bay, south coast of New South Wales. Um, and so that's one place. So on our fridge, we have this magnet. And every time we walk past the fridge, we remember that holiday. We remember what happened. Those, so recently we came back and we got to go to Wet n Wild. My kids were like, this is the best thing ever because we'd lived overseas for a long time. And then all different magnets of different places we got to visit or have a holiday. See, what we wanted to do is for our family and maybe for your family is not forget the good things in our family, those significant moments, those significant memories in our life and in our family. And the same is in our relationship with God. We need to make sure that we uh, set up moments in our life where we remember the goodness of God. We stop and preserve those memories. We don't just move on too quick. So my first point for today, don't worry, I've only got 35 just joking. There's a bit of nervous laughter. I've got a couple of points. First one is God works miracles. Here it is. But it's up to us to build monuments. That was way better than you gave credit. That was an amazing. See, God works miracles, but it's up to us to build monuments. You can't just do a miracle, but you need the power of God in your life. You might be in a tough place right now. Don't lean on your own strength and your own power Rely on God, but make sure that when God comes through for you, that you lift God up, that you worship God, that you take a moment to remember God in your life. See, many of us experience miracles. And as I said before, we might be walking in the middle of something right now, and we've yet to build a monument so it doesn't affect our future. We don't take something from now into our future. See, Joshua would have understood this, telling the people in years to come, when your kids ask you, what do these things mean? What are these? He could tell the next generation of the good, you wouldn't believe it. We're wandering and wandering and wandering. And God came through. Your family, your life, you should have stories like that, where you sit down and you go, I can't believe what God did. Look at the goodness of God. Look how he, even if it's a small thing, 
doesn't have to be the whole river or the whole ocean goes up, but it maybe it's God provided for you. Don't let that moment be easily forgotten in your family. See, there's power in building a monument, telling people about your miracle. See, what we choose to do with our memories makes all the difference. And we need to be intentional about what we take into our future. God's saying, don't be accidental with this. Choose 12 stones. Don't be uh, just blasé about it, but actually choose 12 stones. Go and find 12 stones, 12 moments in your life, 12 things to remember the goodness of God. See, God works a miracle, but we build the monuments. I think Joshua was pretty smart because Joshua got all the young guys to carry these really heavy rocks. That's like, he's like, 20-year-old guys sweating in the hot sun and then they bring them over and they go, dump it on the ground. And after 12 of them come back, Joshua goes, okay, back. This is just my version of the scriptures. Easy, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it says he built the monument. He intentionally placed them exactly where they needed to go. He was the one that built it. And he intentionally put those stones together. See, God does the work in your life. Trust me, you need God in your life. But friends, let's not think for a second that those moments should be easily forgotten. Call to memory the goodness of God. In my uh, office in Thailand, we rented a place there. If you walked into my office, we had a cork board on my office wall. And if you're OCD, everyone knows like, you know, like everything has to be in order. Anyone like that? That's okay. That's my wife's like that. Um, One honest person's like, yeah, that's me. (laughs) If you you saw my office, you would like have a heart attack. You just go, oh my gosh. Because on my office wall, there was all these pieces of paper. It's just people would walk in and be like, oh, that's kind of, what is all that stuff? And it would have dates on the top. And I'd have uh, a place and I'd have a highlighted bit. Um, and I would have probably like 30 or 40 pieces of paper on my wall. And every single time I walked into my office, every one of those was a different time that either God had come through for my family. Someone gave a prophetic word over my kids. And I decided that every time I walked into my office, I would use that office where I would pray as a place to remember the goodness of God. And I would see a prophetic word over a kid and I would start to cry and pray over that child in my family. And I didn't want those memories and those testimonies of the goodness of God to be forgotten. And then I only remember it 10 years later, but every single day I would go in there, I'd try to read just one line. One moment I go, oh my goodness, do you remember when that would happen? Do you remember how God came through in that one? So then my wife and I would talk about that memory that God had his place in our lives. And I want to encourage you, the testimonies and the stories of God in your life, allow those to be worship to God. Refuse to allow those moments to be forgotten in your life. So friends, um, Some of us um, can have days and and seasons in our life 
even coming out of COVID, I don't know if we're ever fully coming out of COVID, but when I think about that statement, it's like we said that like two years ago and we're still coming out of COVID. But maybe you've gone through difficult times, challenges even this last season. And David in Psalm 42 verse 6, it'll come up on the screen, says, My soul is downcast within me. I'm going to get you to stop there. That's a tough day. That's not just like you stubbed your toe, but that's a maybe it's depression. Maybe it's um, a real difficult time in your family or marriage or your workplace. So David says, my soul is downcast within me. Here's the kicker. He says, therefore, I will remember you from the land of the Jordan. What's David saying? He's saying, There's times in my life where I might feel much better and other times where I'm feeling way down and having a difficult season in my life. And when I'm in a difficult season in my life, I don't go to Netflix. I don't watch another series. I don't think another episode is going to fix it. But he says this, he says, when my soul is downcast, I will remember you. What's he saying? He's saying, I'm going to remember the last time I had a moment with God. I'm going to remember the last time God spoke to me. I'm going to remember the last time God performed a miracle in my life. When your soul is downcast, don't find other ways out. Remember Him and He will lift your spirits. Memories will shape you and choose to remember the goodness of God in your life. The second point is this, what we choose to remember will affect our present and our future. See, when God turns up in your life, don't move past that too quickly. Maybe today uh, God's even speaking to you and calling to your mind things that He's done in your life. Don't dwell on things that will bring negativity, as we heard. Don't allow the spirit of fear to come over you in your life, but dwell on the goodness of God. And that will help you to live a life sold out for Jesus Christ. When my family and I um, just moved back from Thailand, we had a list of things we were praying for. Um, And one of those was a home. So instead of just praying for a place to live, we thought we're going to be specific in what we're believing for. Anyone else kind of do this stuff or is it just me? And, and we kind of wrote a few things down and for our home and, and we said we wanted to be near parks for the kids. We wanted to be near family. We wanted to, and the last one was like one of those ones I'm like, should I put it down or not? I'm not sure. Maybe it's, you know, God's busy with all the other stuff around the world. There's wars and things like, does he really care about my stuff? You know, when, anyway, um, the, so I wrote the last thing. I said, to be near water. And it was almost like, come on, mate. In my head, I'm thinking, Sydney property, like, are you kidding yourself? This is crazy. And so when we came back, uh, we're still praying and praying with the kids and we're praying over all this stuff. And um, about three or four months ago, uh, we moved into our home. And we had six things on our list that we were praying for. And God came through for six things. We were near a park, near family, and we were one street from the water. And trust me, I'm a pastor and a missionary. That's a miracle if you've ever heard of a miracle. And the second we came into our little, when I say house, it's a little tiny shoebox apartment in Sydney. That's like good for Sydney. And we held the keys to our home. 
and had the kids in a circle. And we prayed, thank you, God, for our miracle home. Thank you for providing. This is your provision. This is because of your goodness in our lives. Why did we do that with our kids? Because we didn't want to forget the goodness of God in our lives. We didn't want to forget the miracles and the wonders that God will perform on your behalf if you are willing to say, God, we trust you. We're going to ask you. We're going to be bold. We're going to trust you. We're going to have faith. But when you come through, we will not forget what you have done in our lives. We prayed that in our home, people would be blessed. We prayed in our home that people would be healed. We prayed that our neighbours would come to know Jesus because of us being in this home. See, the mir- God wants to perform a miracle in your life today. But don't forget to remember what He's done in your midst. If I can have the amazing uh, piano player up with us. So I want you this week, if it's okay with Pastor Andrew and Beck, to take a moment to remember what God's done. Write a list, put it in a journal, carry those memories into your future. Make a habit of remembering the good things God has done. See, you can build a a good monument, but you can also build a wrong monument. You can set up a monument. There's a guy in the Bible called Gideon, and he has an encounter with the angel of the Lord. And he realizes it's God. He's like, oh, this is the angel of the Lord. He stops, he builds a monument. He, He sets up a place of worship to honor God. And after he does that, God says to him, your father built a wrong monument. And he he asked the son, Gideon, to tear down his father's altar that was built to another God. And to you in in Brisbane today, that might be like, gods and altars, what, what on earth? I don't even know what that means. But some of us have built a monument, or maybe even our parents have, to something else. And it needs to be teared down in our lives. And, and maybe you, the memories you've carried into your future are memories that God has asked you to forget about and move on from. And I just sense as I was praying for you as a congregation that some people here, maybe, you, maybe it's wrong thinking. Maybe it's a spirit of fear. Maybe it's something's gripped you. And instead of building a monument to God in your memories and your testimonies, actually 95% of what you think about and talk about and confess is actually a wrong monument. God wants your focus to change. You to shift what you've been building up and elevating in your life to elevate the good things that God is doing in your life. Thank you for listening. You can find out more about City Lights Church at www.citylights.community.